Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 161. It's the whir of the fan. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listeners. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I thought you might have said, it's getting hot in here, so take off all, all your clothes. clothes. Why would I say that? That's just crass. Just crass. But that would that would be an extra special treat for the video podcast. But there is there is no, we've discussed this. There's no video podcast. There's no video podcast. John, you know, I I kind of like I I don't have problems because you don't really understand the internet or how computers work. (laughs) So so I don't just in taking Ross's role in things. I'm the only one who doesn't get a laptop. Actually, it's it's funny (laughs) because both these boys have a laptop. I come in with paper and pen. I used to come in with paper and pen, and then you know you know what I realized? I was throwing out a lot of paper every week. Oh yeah, I do that. But yeah, I have to walk six miles here too in shoes. Oh, you young kids today, oh, really? etc. Up, <laughs> uphill both ways. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and then and then uh, leave here and go down pit. <laughs> yes, yes. I, yes. I, I work in an electronic pit, which mm. explains the uh, black lung. <laughs> yeah, Box- ra- radio lungs. We got podcasters lung. <laughs> Box cutters is all about television, and we have an excellent one for you this week. Uh, we. Have of course there'll be some pork, whatever. Uh, there'll be uh, or Brett's special moment, as it's uh, becoming known. Special you moment. guys can have pork as well if you want. <laughs> yeah, it's just we There's often no just don't. One needs to be my. Special we often moment. don't have time. It's just I say it's time for pork, and you go. I'll start resenting it. About time. It's only taken three and a half years to get him to resent anything. Uh, What's on tonight's show, Josh? Well, we've got... Uh, oh, the, the very morning wonderful- show, depending on when people are listening. <laughs> That's right, I do apologise. What's on the show you're currently listening to, Josh? Well, I'm not listening to it. I'm, I'm part of the... Rec- What's on the show that someone is currently listening to, Josh? What's well, we- on this week's show, <laughs> Josh? This is so smooth. We've got David Ashton and Damaris Baker who uh, have done news themes for uh, the ABC and some uh, international satellite uh, television thing that I I'm not you weren't really following but still, no, it, it, I don't I don't really understand what that, what that is but they've they've done that and uh, and yeah with the theme and uh, and a news theme it'll be really interesting to speak to them about what makes a theme what how, makes a theme newsy how's, and not sexy how does a theme get made that's what they talk to us about. Uh, and then hopefully they're going to stick around to uh, talk with us about Survivors, which is a new-ish BBC uh, television it's, series. It's, it's so new, it's still playing. Uh, well, yeah, We're actually covering it while it's on air. While it's on air. Take in a, that. In another country. Yeah. While yeah. it's on air in another country. but it Unless was, you're in the UK, in which case it's on air in the country you're in, but not true. that we are. That's true. Podcasting, eh? Oh, it's so confusing. Uh, as I said before, we'll finish it off with pork. We've got the box cutters quiz, probably for the last time this year, maybe. Mm, probably, yeah. Yes, because uh, it's not too far away that uh, special edition Charlie will be upon us. Oh, yes, yeah, strap yourselves in, because uh, that's going to be a long one. As always, though, let's kick things off with the box cutters news. Just something occurred to me. Is that you screaming on that uh, news theme there, Josh? No, no, no. That's actually a, a sample that uh, that I had on the uh, on the the program that I was using. So uh-huh. it's, it's not me screaming. It's also not me shooting a gun. That is though. Or ringing scream, the telephone. No. But no. you but you could do all those things presumably if you wanted. This is the smoothest show we've <laughs> ever done. 
In uh, in news for fans of unnecessarily long, uh, lacking in humour and uh, and potentially boring monologues, Jay Leno will not be leaving NBC. Mm-hmm. He is leaving the Tonight Show, which is uh, which is screened at eleven thirty five p.m. in the US. Mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien is taking over the Tonight Show, and there were talks that Jay Leno might go to another network and have another late night talk show at that time. Uh. But he's not leaving NBC. Instead, he is going to have a show at ten p.m. on That's NBC. Early. So you can you can see uh, Jay Leno. At 10, p- at 10 p.m. starting uh, in 2009, and then Conan at 11.35, and then uh, the... He's doing an hour and a half show. Oh, quite possibly. Wow. That monologue goes on for oh. at least 70 minutes. Well, so you, you would hope, though, that he wasn't no, just doing The Tonight Show there's the, at there's 10 the, o'clock. There's ten, the way it works in, in America is there's uh, there's shows from 10 to 11. They do... Uh, they do uh, Shows on the hour rather than on the half hour like we do in, in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, which is just weird when you're over there and you're going, oh, it's nine o'clock, I'm just going to be in the middle of a show, and then no. Uh, but also, ten o'clock is considered prime time there as well. Shows like Law and Order and uh, and other big shows screen at ten o'clock. Because uh, they don't start work till midday. No, uh, they, they don't. They start regular times, but they finish dinner at like 6.30. It's, they, they eat dinner really early right. and watch television really late. It's bizarre. So they pray in the middle there? Or? I have no idea. It's like a whole other country. It is It, it is like a whole other country. They speak their own language and everything. Uh, they have a president. <laughs> it was all the news. I was amazed. Anyway, they're going. <laughs> the, uh, so, uh, so they have shows at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And then- He's Hawaiian. Their president is Hawaiian. Really? They, ha- they elected a Hawaiian guy. Wow. That was out of nowhere. The... Uh, it's about, it's about time that, that Hawaiian minority I got know, because Hawaiians never thought they could get anywhere in life. And I think, you know, the new guy says, audacity of hope, Hawaiian. I think Josh is starting to resent you, John. <laughs> <laughs> and then at 11 o'clock, they have the news. And then at 11.35, they have... Uh, that's the, the local news service of wherever they are, not the network stuff. Oh, or? no, it would be, uh, I think it's called uh, Late Line or Nightline or... Okay. Uh, so it is a national news service. Uh, often they'll have a national news service at eleven o'clock, and uh, and then uh, we'll start with the late shows. And that's how that works. Jeez, that was way too long. <laughs> no, mm. I know. Speed it up. Now what, ti- what time's Letterman on it? You see eleven. Letterman is also eleven thirty. Uh, and uh, and Conan is on at twelve thirty. So that's, that's and Rove's going to go into the twelve. Rove is now. not going into the twelve thirty slot. Is that what I no. Heard? No, what you I'm sure everybody was talking about that. What you didn't hear what you didn't hear, Brett, is when on this show we talked about some guy from Saturday Night Live going on to do Conan's show. But then Al Franken uh, did he did he win that seat that he ran for in the the election? Hang on, Carl Rove has a chat show now? (laughs) I'm so confused with this. He's been doing a radio chat show. Oh no. That's uh, mm. John, do you have any news? I do. Um, well it's channel thirty one, so whether we call it news. But (laughs) Channel 31, we love Channel 31, none of, none of us can see it anymore because we've gotten digital, but one day they will give Channel 31 money to go digital and we'll all watch it again. Um, ben TV is one of the groups that makes up Channel 31. Uh, the queer broadcasting group is set to put, this is um, from uh, uh, Southern Star, is set to put a troubled year behind it, signing a commercial deal with gay pay television channel Gaystar to put them back on track. 
Gaystar is a new 24-hour gay male lifestyle and community channel for Australia and New Zealand being launched on December 15. It's uh, going to be known as Queer Eye for the Queer Guy. It, it will. And um, I, I'm excited that, that finally Bent TV will have some money because they do good programming. I've done stuff from the past and really like the stuff. I uh, thought finally the money's going to be flowing in. And yes, Gaystat handed over a check for $1,000. Oh. $1,000 of your Earth dollars <laughs> at the recent AGM, the start of an ongoing deal, which will see Bent TV receive $400 a month for delivering programming to the subscription base. Wow. Channel. That's. That's almost a hundred dollars a week. <laughs> yes, that's. Uh, I know. It w- surely, surely they know some. I don't know. Just call me crazy, but they know some people with disposable incomes who could uh, who um, could maybe um, donate. Apparently, and, uh, not anymore. I mean, well, apparently they've had a really bad year, and at one point they thought Ben TV might collapse. Partly because the thing, I mean, the thing that happens with Ben TV is with all community stations is it's often run by a small number of very passionate people who, of course, get burnt out after a while and, yes. and fall away. And I think they were at the cusp of, of, of that happening. But um, they all say this is, has revived Bent TV uh, for the future, very positive things here from people. And um, they'll also receive payment for coverage of Melbourne events over and above the agreed monthly rate. So good on them. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if, if Channel 31 and Community Television can uh, get its act together to, uh, to survive... Then, uh, then we could be seeing bigger and better things. Yes, the very good thing, Channel 31. I'm glad we have it. Mm. Brett, how come you didn't interrupt John at all in his story? Well, it was more me interrupting you, and I can't interrupt my own story, because that would be hard. But you were, you were really going well, off the back of him. Although it's... Also, <laughs> wait a minute. No, no. no Are you saying, he, you're saying he's a bad that. influence? Is that yeah, what you're trying to say? Saying. Right. I'm saying he's a bad influence. He did. No, she did. <laughs> Just start. What's your news? Uh, Eddie Maguire may be set to uh, return to his TV hosting commitments on the 5.30 newsy magazine-y type show uh, that's slated to start broadcasting on Channel 9 next year. Oh, yeah, live at 5.30. The perfect fit uh, for the 5.30 concept, nine executives say, of Maguire. Uh, The pilot for the show was filmed last week and featured uh, Carl Stefanovic and Lila McKinnon. Um, it's thought that Stefanovic's workload is too high, and so uh, Maguire will be good for that. Uh, well, I said that weeks ago. I said that weeks ago. They're not going to get rid of him on today, and he can't do two shows in one day. That's a lot of work. Mm, mm. Well, nine was... Whereas uh, Maguire's earning you know, $100 million a day doing nothing. He is. Uh, the nine executives were pleased with Maguire's handling... Uh, of the fill-in host slots on The Current Affair. I'm so. glad somebody was. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's looking good for Maguire to uh, get some airtime again. Uh, they are a little bit mm, head shy, you could say, maybe, about uh, how he's going to be uh, received in Sydney and, and beyond well, just the digital reception, but how the audience will uh, take to him. Uh, in uh, in other news, back to the US and the SAG strike, the Screen Actors oh, Guild uh, th- that we were talking about last week. Well, last week and we the were, week before, we were talking about the them setting before. letters out to, uh, to uh, ask ask for strike action. To that's ask, what we were, yeah, that, right. A- an invitation to vote for strike action. Please strike this with stuff us. that's happening is just flat out glacial, isn't it? The, uh, <laughs> it's so exciting. Screen Actors Guild uh, in uh, in the East Coast. Uh, uh, 
kind of uh, this this comes from Variety. Uh, they're trying to call off the plan to seek strike authorization vote because of the faltering economy, but are also calling for the guild's contract negotiation committee to be replaced, mm. hoping that uh, new blood will be able to basically not hold on to all the all the things that the old blood are holding on to and uh, and try to get rid of bad blood. Lots of blood. It's a very it's a, violent... It's a bloody kind of... It's, it's like Shakespeare. But it's almost <laughs> like they're, they're trying to underca- undertake a bloodless coup. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a, a really interesting decision because I think uh, what's happening with the Screen Actors Guild at the moment is they are losing power and uh, losing power at what seems to be quite a, a fast rate. And I think if they... Because, because uh, Nabler has already uh, said... <laughs> Yes, to uh, to the conditions. Uh, they've already done all their negotiations. Not NAMBLA. A- That's you American. really don't mean NAMBLA. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the uh, National Association of Marlon Brando Lookalikes. Of course. Uh, AFTRA uh, are... Uh, uh, have, have already uh, have already made a negotiation with uh, with the uh, Producers Association and uh, Screen Actors Guild have not... I think they could so really that mean disband. That, that all the East Coast members of of the guild are also after members, and and maybe all those ones over in California aren't. No, I think a, a lot of them are on so, both coasts are, are after members. But I think what we're seeing here with the Screen Actors Guild is uh, late nineteen eighties hip hop all over again: East Coast versus West Coast. Mm. It's just there's going to be drive bys. It's it's horror. Snoop Dogg might go to jail again. Actually, just recently, I've been hearing a bit about about that, and uh, that, that there may not have been an East Coast West Coast thing going on at all, and that uh, hey, it's other, sold records. Other people completely were uh, involved there. It's sold records. With, uh, don't, don't dispute it. Sold records. Sure. John? Um, a little bit of bad news, um, a bit sad. Oliver Postgate died on the 8th of December uh, at the age of 82. Now, Oliver Postgate, his work... Uh, as was far the as I know, uh, Chancellor Exchequer he's of the one, England? Yeah. Um, I don't think his work was necessarily that well known here, but the people who do know him are going to be very sad now because he, he created many of Britain's most popular children's television programs, including um, P- uh, Pogles Wood, Nog and the Nog, Ivor the Engine, and the Big Two, The Clangers, and Bagpuss. Um Bagpuss in a 1990 poll by the BBC was voted the uh, most popular children's television program of all time. And he also influenced a hell of a lot of people. Have you you seen his work? And feel free to go on YouTube because the um, opening credits to Bagpuss are quite cute. Speaking of polls, uh, a recent poll on a website uh, found that people would rather watch two cockroaches run up a wall to enduring Top Gear Australia. And so perhaps (laughs) it's uh, not that surprising... (laughs) That's that actually not are, true. That's are. not true. There was no poll. Are you sure? It's a yeah. very specific poll. <laughs> um, so perhaps it's uh, no surprise that there are several rumours making the rounds that Top Gear Australia has been axed now, where, according where that, where to the from? forums at nofirst.info, uh, which, which, is, which uh, I actually know has a number of industry people uh, who lurk there and post there. Right, so so it could be from reliable sources, or it could be people just making stuff up because it's a, it's an unedited forum. Is that yes? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, but it has it has paid off in the past. But it could be it could be wishful thinking. Sally Fletcher. Yeah. Well, whenever we make up news, you have that heart about us. 
<laughs> you know, whenever we just announced stuff, like, you know, when we killed Eartha Kitt last week, you never had a big thing about that. But no, no, this internet site goes and makes stuff up and you can hey, I'm, I'm, no, I'm it's, completely it's, declaring what it is. It's rumours. It's, and, and, it's, uh, and, it's, and that's a first for Brett. So... <laughs> You know, I think I think we no, really no, no, we, no, no, we really no, no. need to just shut up. We really need to take that in in its stride. Uh, BBC have denied plans to sell worldwide. BBC Worldwide to uh, Channel Four and uh, BBC Trust Chairman Michael Lyons must have been speaking to the uh, former Minister for Communications in Australia, Coonan, uh, because he has uh, ang- angrily dismissed the rumours as pie in the sky. <laughs> Oh, Sky Pie. Yeah. I love Sky Pie. Who, loves, who doesn't love Sky Pie? Uh, BBC Worldwide uh, will not be sold to Channel 4. He says, uh, Worldwide depends on BBC brand and BBC intellectual property. Take these away and there is nothing else. So, uh, if you'd heard those rumours and you weren't sure what to do with your BBC stocks, uh, you're fine. Name would be silly too, wouldn't it? Being called BBC Worldwide, if it were Channel, Channel 4, 4. You'd, feel, yeah. you'd feel foolish going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just uh, getting back to uh, things Eddie Maguire related, Trevor Marmalade <laughs> has been uh, apparently axed by Channel 9 well, from you, his no, role on the footy show. A person can't be axed. A, a person, person gets boned. boned. <laughs> <laughs> on the footy show where uh, he was behind the bar for 15 years, Channel 9, uh, looking to freshen up the AFL version of the footy show and uh, increasing the roles of Shane Crawford and Billy Brownless. He's, uh, he's a terrible bartender, though. Terrible bartender. No, no, Cheryl. but he's, he's, I believe his takings were he's down. He's a bartender a like forward. like Isaac. He, he's good with the the quick one liners. Yeah, but Isaac also knew how to make a cocktail. Are you sure Trevor Marley doesn't know how to make a cocktail? I'm fairly sure. What? Who, I've, I've been to that bar. I was. Have you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. Have to, you, I went have to you that tasted bar Isaac's cocktails? <laughs> I'm glad you finished that sentence. <laughs> it just sounds dirty when you say it, John. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't meant to be, but somehow it was. Uh, it's believed that uh, Trevor Marmalade was no longer considered important to the show and comes after several weeks of contract negotiations. What a, so. what a horrible thing to have said about you. No longer important to the show. Well, yeah, I mean, really, maybe it's just a step to making the AFL footy show the NRL footy show, which is pretty freaking oh, awful. So it's just be uh, men in dresses. Yep. And that is the Box Cutters News. Now we can't actually use that as our new news theme. Oh, why not? B- because that's uh, that's that's an, already in use. Is uh, is my understanding, and was created by our guests, David Ashton and Damaris Baker. Welcome to Box Cutters. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, as you can tell on the video podcast, David, video David podcast. and Damaris are having to share one microphone in a strangely Beatles esque kind of uh, kind of motif. It's it's you know if they were on a rooftop, it would just be so much better. It would. Although then we might think they were you too. Ah, oh, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not. They're creators of news and weather themes, uh, particularly for uh, for uh, ABC and uh, and associated. Uh, Organisations, you've written the uh, the probably most recently was the uh, the theme tune for the ABC Two uh, Breakfast News three hour uh, juggernaut. 
That's right. Let's let's call it a juggernaut. Nobody watches it, but <laughs> but it's a juggernaut it's, still. It's a in jug- its own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they're, they're breaking they're breaking your ground. What what are you trying to think of when you're trying to create a news theme? Well, the thing about writing music for TV like this is that um, you're you're told what to do, basically. Um, it's not like writing your own song where you just sit down with a blank page and, and think, you know, what do I want to what do I want to write a song of? They say to you, um, we want something like this, and then and, and that's what you try and do. So is it when they when they say we want something like this? Do they say we want something dark and moody, or you want something like this thing that NBC are using, but change enough notes in it so that we don't get sued for it? Uh, somewhere in between. <laughs> in, in the case of Breakfast News, they did have a piece of music that they'd been using um, when they were just, you know, throwing ideas around or whatever. Yep. Um, and they they actually checked out how much it would cost to to um, to get that cleared, and it turned out it would be cheaper to to. I'm um, probably cheaper to buy us than to, <laughs> well, to buy us complete so than to. Um, <laughs> Actually, so, so so anyway, so they uh, of course they didn't tell us to copy it because you know you can't do that. No. They said this is what we like about that, you know, and um, it came down to um, uh, that that it it had um, you know almost it started with these serious strings with a little bit of percussion under them, and the idea is that would be what they read the headlines over, and then it burst into these big uh, dancey drums and stuff, and mm-hmm. and a bit more melody in the strings. And that would be where the uh, the actual opening titles with all the spinning graphics and stuff would go. Brett, can you play a, a bit more of it uh, so that we can hear directly? Now this, what, this is what the Dave longer is... version, isn't it? You're saying with the the, the headlines yeah. read over the front of. Yeah, well, may, maybe if you play it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll. There's a dodgy edit in the middle of it, which, which is not on telly <laughs> like that. But I'll. So over this, I would be saying. In the news today, Queen Mother accused of cannibalism again. That that sort of thing. War, yeah. war in Frankston. <laughs> Heroes viewers no longer saps and dipshits, according to <laughs> Tim. And the Prime Minister, what a jovial fellow. And, and then at the appropriate moment, they 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 would they uh, switch it. Put to on the the opening credits, and then you get the uh, the proper bit, which is just coming up very soon. I would say it's actually very danceable, isn't it? I mean, for, for a news theme, and, and this actually your, your other theme as well, which we'll be hearing in a moment, they're actually both quite sort of clubby in their own way. Is that deliberate, or does that just kind of happen through? Hey, hey, sorry, no, you say. Now, Damaris, please talk. You're a woman. <laughs> we, 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 we've, been accused, we've been accused of not having enough female voices on we air. We need the so female we voice. Need we need it. Well, there was a bit of an issue as to whether we actually have a tune or whether it was supposed to be something that was kind of dancey and funky but definitely not singable along to whether it should just be That's hummable or it, whether it... There was a phrase that it had to, you had to be able to nod to it but not hum it or something. <laughs> And then basically I came up with this tune and I said, I really like it. I think it works with this. Let's go with this. It it, it seems to work really well and it's exactly what it needs. And, and we weren't sure whether it was going to work or not. I mean, we, we'd had extensive discussions over all the visuals and had a look and tried to sort of get it to fit in with the whole feel of it. Like we did, we sat down and consulted for two hours with the, the director about what, what was kind of going to work and what wasn't um, and tossing back and forth what we'd done and... 
what was working. But um, yeah, I think the theme kind of works pretty well, really. It mm. wasn't what we expected but, but to do. The <laughs> danciness is, is the idea is you, you have the, the strings are like the traditional news thing and then the, the, the drums are to keep it modern and happening and vibrant how, how and much, exciting. How much to and froing is there between, um, what was that, the client? But yeah, the, 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 the network. Like, like do, they, do they listen to it at various stages? Do you, do you have different attempts at it? Or do you kind of have that meeting and then you're allowed, left to go off and, and finish it? before? Yeah, they... I think we sent them a demo fairly early on and they said, they said it was too much like the other song. Um, which which was great. So, we, so it's, it's, it's too much like Walking on Sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's too much like Walking on Sunshine, yeah. which is the one they wanted to use. Um, <laughs> and, and we thought, oh, that's good. They they don't want to. You know, we don't need to make it as we can do our own thing a bit more, which was which was good for us. Um, uh, and then and then yeah, there was sort of yeah a few versions, and and we got we got sort of notes each time until it got to the point where it was getting quite specific, and then and then. They said, "Okay, that's it. That's good." We'll it was go quite a bit one. of tweaking, though. Yeah. You know, make it a bit, bit more punchy, a bit more energy, a bit more life, and sort of strange words that mean nothing to musicians trying to write something <laughs> that describe <laughs> abstract qualities, like a bit more energy. Well, do they want more bass? Do they want it faster? Do they want mm-hmm. more treble? Do they want, you know? So yeah. you it, just it, have to try and run with something that's so abstract and. And it's got to be so hard for a non-musical person to, to actually put into words how, how to describe what they've got in their head. Um, is, there any, is there any avenue to kind of get them into a studio and, and have a bit of a keyboard and, and say, do you mean this or do you mean this or, and kind of go through but it? often that doesn't work either because often they're not quite sure what they want. Right, yeah. If, they, if you know what mm. I mean. They'll just know it when they hear it. Well, you, you watch something on TV, you don't know how to produce films or film effects, but you know when it's lacking something, and you're almost saying, it's lacking something. So mm-hmm. they well, might come and say, it's lacking print. something, and you go, okay, we'll fix it. So <laughs> you go off, try and find that gap between what it's lacking and the, the BBC theme or, or Radio Indonesia or whatever you think is the ideal you know, news theme you think, of the world. Do you think after doing enough news themes that suddenly there'll just be a switch then, and you'll be able to, to relate directly to everything that anybody comes to you with because... No, because we're working with human beings who direct things and they have their own ideas of what works I, and what doesn't and it's always to and froing. Have you, have you ever told a client they're wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, we haven't done an awful lot of these, you know. Um, you have done but, two, though, which is surprising for, you know, for most... Especially because well, I mean, also you guys are actually a band. I mean, you're... you're yeah, we're Destination Moon. Yes, and, and we'll be putting a link to your website on on the. Oh, uh, is, that super. A, is that a Tintin reference? It 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 could be. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, there's a few destination moons. There is the Tintin one, which is the, the one we like, I guess. And there's there's a, the the I think it's Robert Heinlein or somebody, which was made into a film in the fifties. And there's a jazz song, uh, an old jazz song called Destination Moon. Anyway. But, but we've, we've both worked in radio for over 10 years, so we actually know how themes work and we've been in the studios and we sort of have quite a, a broad understanding of different themes that work yeah. and don't work. We've worked so in newsrooms, which... Yeah, well, radio I was going to ask you that because it, it's, it's, I mean, it's a very epic theme and we'll play the other one in a second, that's quite epic as well. Um, is there, I mean, are there elements you think make a news theme, like musically? Do you think, you know, is it something you go, well, timpanies are very news-like and, you know, um, penny whistles aren't or something? Are there, are there things that you had a kind of list of already? Yeah, yeah, the, the timpanies were actually something that, that I just thought, oh, okay, it's news themes, we should put timpanies in, mm-hmm. in that one. 
Well, any any time you listen to music, the texture um, and the tune, everything reminds you of other things. So if you put music that sounds like it comes from a horror movie film, I mean, you're always going to want to do things that have some echo of past news themes that say, listen, this is serious, sit down and listen, but a bit funky because it's it's new and it needs to grab your attention, have a bit of energy and be upbeat but serious enough to say, time to sit down and listen to something because you need to know this. You need to know this. It, it does seem, yeah, news themes, um, thinking back a few years, seem to have been slightly militaristic. You know, even like the, the ABC ones have that slightly kind of, you know, sort of military fanfare kind of thing. And recently they seem to be turning much more... Yeah, sort of these these epic kind of. They seem to be a lot more serious. Snare, though. There's still that snare drum's pretty military. Mm-hmm. Sort of. That's very newsy. Yeah. yeah. Not just the doo-doo-doo-doo. It's the sound of the typewriters in the background. But it's also, I was going to say, because in, in some ways it's, it's almost like the themes are more serious now. It's like, yeah, the, the themes are saying, for God's sake, it's terrifying. Yeah, but yeah. that fits in with the idea that news sells and you can have 24-hour news channels and you want to watch what's happening in Iraq for 24 hours. Like, that's actually part of the whole. You need to know this because you're worried. So <laughs> sit down and we'll tell you stuff and then you'll feel better because you know what's going on. But then you know. the Channel 9 news theme is just from Cool Hand Luke. Like it's – it is. It's, it's, from, it's from the soundtrack of uh, – you know what? It's, it's Cool Seriously? Hand Luke or Night Moves. It's, it's one, um, of those two, I, one of those I've two heard films. It as weird because it's part of a much bigger piece and it, it kind of just gets to that point and it's, oh, my God, oh, what is this? Wow. It's, it's the Channel 9 news theme. Yeah. And it is. It's, it's from – uh, oh, how does the Channel 9 news theme go? I, I can't remember. It is. It's, it's oh, okay, just yep, like yep. Brett. It's just like Brett doing that. <laughs> we, we were actually discussing just before recording that it's virtually impossible to do a cappella versions of news themes. I think, I think Brett's just well and truly proof. I was trying to do like four parts at once. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, my yeah, one yeah. mouth. Yeah, you're like a, a one-man uh, Beach Boys. Um, yeah. The, the other, let's have a listen to the other theme. This is one that, that currently plays uh, on the weather on ABC2 and also on news. I want to call it ATVI International. Gee, it's not called cool anymore. What's It's the Australia Network. The Australia Network, which goes. It's, it's over the weather as well. But it goes, and the Australia Network's uh, through the Asian. It's Asia, Asia Cable, and Pacific. Pacific region. Yep. Region, yep. So let's have a listen. This is the theme we did for, for them. Again, very danceable. You know, this is this is more your clubby news, isn't it? Yeah. This this again. This was intended to be um, the the bit that you read over, which is why it's it doesn't have the tune. We did do a tune for this one, which was a bit more like a fanfare, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I nearly brought that in, but in the end, I didn't because it was it was only a demo with with really thin sounding uh, <laughs> synths on, on you know, rather than majestic strings. So, so. With, with this part of it, um, do, you, do you like provide two pieces? One which is the, this kind of loopy bit and then into the main bit as well as just yeah. one piece that can be looped we, over and over for we, as long as the headlines take the, to get through? Yeah, we, for, the, for the breakfast news we ended up with four. There was the, the, um, yeah, the, the headline bed that they read over, the, the opening titles... Um, the short sting that we played, um, and then there was there was there one other, there was a an end an end title that's right which because the the opening titles ends it has the, the the tune part ends and then it continues with just the drums and that's where they fade out and they start talking you know introducing the show at the beginning of the show, um, and the there's an ending one which sort of reverses that it starts slowly and builds up and then has the tune at the end. Yeah. With a definite yeah. stop. So, so did you find yourselves when you're writing something like practicing headlines over the top of it? I mean, is that how you? Yeah, it was funny because they 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 gave us a, a, a 
a video of the um the what the opening credits were going to look like and it had at the beginning of it there just some stills of you know Kevin Rudd and Robert Mugabe or whatever that were meant to represent where the headlines would be and and whenever we got to playing it the the temptation was always to start making up funny headlines you know and and like like we were earlier um and 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 you ended up not really listening to how the music was working because you were you were trying to think of something funny to say about Kevin Rudd you know but I must admit, Dave's really good at the dance stuff, and I actually played trumpet through high school, so I'm really good with the fanfares because it always sort of comes back to me the old, the old trumpet no, it, fanfares. I, I do the from beats, and the Morris does the tunes. So there you go. It, it <laughs> sounds, and the harmonies. It sounds with all of that that uh, they're all can't, they've all come off with synth. No. No, you've actually got real instruments in there. Well, not well, as keyboards, not real have. instruments. Judgmental, much. But like it, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't real sound like it's, 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 it's really me playing music, the drums. It's not real and, music. But you know, it doesn't sound like it's an orchestrated uh, recording. We we what we did was we added um, we added some a little bit of real cello and real violin to to give a little bit of extra realism and we used yeah with some of the sounds were sampled sounds uh, which of course they're real sounds but they're sampled so rather than um the old midi library which is a little bit uh, lacking in whatever everything reality (laughs) reality yeah so we tried to sort of mix it in together to give it the right depth but it's actually really hard you know if you if you go into the abc and record the uh, the full orchestra you have to control and contain all the sound and the instruments because it's such a full sound so actually using sounds that are slightly processed isn't so bad but it can I, we did we did try and enrich it and I, boost it up a lot i did hear that um apparently a lot of these motion picture film soundtracks where they 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 get they you know they they first do it on their synths and then they write out a score and they get the orchestra in and record it. A lot of the time they actually end up putting the synths back in anyway, even under mm-hmm. the real orchestra, because it, it works. I, I wanted to ask you, um, something we mentioned before, is that you don't think of news themes really ever being written. It's almost like they're handed down from God. They're just you know, pieces <laughs> of music that exist. And often, like you were saying, are used for 20 or 30 years. Well, actually, we did have this dream, um, I had this <laughs> angelic, angelic vision of the That's way right, we should yeah. do the drums. And, and it was Mo- divinely inspired. Moses told you how to program the... The, yeah, the Sinclair ZX-16. But um, I was going to ask you about the, the, the theme tune for the weather. You were saying originally was intended for, for another purpose. Uh, yeah, someone, someone at the ABC had the idea to um, do a new news theme for the actual ABC News. And we were one of, one of several people, I think, uh, who did demos um, to, to, you know, sort of bid for the idea. Um, in the end, it didn't happen. I think tradition won out, won out and they said... No, well, I think because uh, you were saying no that to a new theme before that that we all kind of think of the, of the the current ABC theme as the new ABC news theme, even though it's been around probably for about twenty years. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the old one was the which I think is still used occasionally on the radio or something. Well, Triple J still use a, a kind of warped version yeah, of yeah, it right, yeah, yeah. for for their news. So, um, the, uh, so but then you've written a, a, what you intended to be a news theme. And they're using it for the weather. Do you think... Yeah, do do I, you go, no, you can't use it for the weather. It's news. It makes no sense. Well, I, I, I was a bit surprised because it, it, it's actually just a demo. And then they were like, oh, can we put that on, on the weather? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was only a demo, but yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not even, that wasn't even what you considered to be the, the finished product. No, although, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy with how it sounds. So I don't mm-hmm. really mind. But, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the bit that was was going to be for the news that, that had the, the actual tune over the top, I don't think I would have been very happy because that, you know, sounded a bit 
a bit do, cheesy. Do you, do you get feedback at all? I mean, is there any way... Because you know, people don't review theme tunes No, well, well the, the day after that started, um, the, the Breakfast News show started, I, I went on the, the internet, um, you know, Googled breakfast news music to see if anyone was talking about the music. The only comment I could find was someone who said, oh, the theme tune's awful. It sounds like a Mexican soap opera. <laughs> I thought, okay. <laughs> Mexican soap opera. I found I, another one the next day that said they liked the music, so, so I was relieved. And we've, we've now contacted Mexico and decided that we, we're going to start, write, start writing themes for soap operas because they do really good soap operas, That's right. rivaling Brazil. I, I was actually thinking we're... Uh, we're uh, we're talking about Survivors, the UK show, late, later on in the show, and uh, and the news theme sounds like it would fit in very well into that uh, overly dramatic, ominous uh, <laughs> scenario. I just I just found that with the uh, with, with the news theme, I've gone, you know, ABC have really uh, really gone perky on this one. <laughs> when when it comes to uh, to being chosen for uh, a news theme, you said that you and some other people bid. For, for the new news theme. How does that happen? Were you approached? Did you answer an ad? Um, we knew someone who was working on the program and he knew that we did music. Um, and he said, did you want, do you want to, you know, do a demo? That's the worst story yeah. ever, David. Uh, can can, you, okay, can, so, you, can well, you make up a better one? That sorry, I'll, more uh, kind uh, of. Wait, I'll, I'll rephrase the question. <laughs> so, uh, people who aren't uber-connected, how do normal people... <laughs> How do normal people get the uh, get these jobs? No, really, it, it's it is a case of the people working in the networks who uh, who are working on the show and know what's going on will contact uh, the people they know and trust to do music. Is is that pretty much the case? Yeah, I think you tend to find that. Um, I mean, often if you look at the credits of the person who's done a music on a TV show, that they will have done the music for the that producer's previous program. And, you know, once a producer or, or director or whoever's in charge of the, the hiring of musicians finds someone they, they can work with and they like working with, they'll, they'll hire them over and over again, I think. That's so, how it works. So do you guys actually get screen credits on, on these services? I don't think so. We don't get digital television, so I haven't actually watched a whole episode of the show or anything. Uh, when it uh, when when it comes to doing music for television, this is the the only two themes that that you've done. Have you worked on any scores for for TV series? Uh, we did a short film. Can I say what the short film is? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you probably can. Uh, yeah. It was a short film called Outland. Oh, I'm <laughs> that's familiar. weird because I directed that. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence! So, did you know the musicians and ask them specifically to do it? No, no, I had a competition and people had to enter. No, no. Um... <laughs> It was a raffle. <laughs> <laughs> it was second prize in a raffle. Yeah, <laughs> and um, actually, and I know David. You also did the, the theme for for one of the Channel Thirty One for Squeal on, oh, that, on that, that was a long time ago. Going a long, long I, I way. I think back. you gave me a hand with that. I, I think I may have pressed some buttons and yeah. made some tea. But um, the the tea came across really nicely. Yeah, in that theme. I think it did. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, we went hey, analog tea, not hey, digital. You can't spell theme without tea. <laughs> but I mean, is, that's is, everything I know about music. Is there is there more of a future for TV? I mean, is that what you guys are looking at, or is that more just sort of? It, an it odd would be nice to do more, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and film music and stuff. There's, I, there's I a lot at, of a lot of yeah. I mean, there's a lot of music I I, I hear and I think I could do that. Well, <laughs> we could do that. I look at I don't other, other bands like Maris, but I think we could do it together. Supersonic, uh, who uh, ended up just doing. Uh, 
TV themes. They uh, did the themes for, for All Saints for so long and, and a, a couple of other things. I mean, that's, that's it. That was their, uh, their bread and butter. And, uh, and they were hired as a band to do uh, TV themes and, uh, and, and scores. Uh, it, it seems like a, a very clever way to uh, to do it to to run your band and uh, and and have that going for you. Yeah. Well, no one makes any money from being in bands. No one makes any money from anything, David. No. You should try um, po- try podcasting for a living. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there, there's lots of examples. Um, Clint Mansell, who was the the Apex Twin. No, um, Pop Will Eat Itself. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. he does all of Darren Aronofsky's films. Yeah, yeah, and and he started off with Pi, which was his first Aronofsky's first low That's budget. Right. Like, yeah, and oh, amazing. And, and now he does, yeah, The Fountain and and the Wrestler. Uh, am I right in thinking one of the Severed Heads does a lot of TV work uh, now, or am I? Yeah, yeah, Tom Ellard. I think he mm-hmm. does. Um, he did uh, um, uh, the Illustrated Family Doctor film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, Richard Pleasance. Who was was what was Richard yeah, Pleasance in? Noise, uh, not noise works. Boom Crash Opera. Boom Crash Opera. Yeah, he did, uh, uh, he did Sea Change. Yeah, yeah. And David Bridie from Not Drowning Waving does lots of stuff. And uh, and that guy from Oingo Boingo has done some something or other. That's, oh, he's uh, got his own company, I think, actually that generates stuff. Oh, that guy from Oingo. Really? I know you were just going yeah. for the cheap gag there. I, but really I think was. he actually is a really good example. So, da- Danny Elfman. Well done. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. D- Danny Elfman. Who, right. uh, oh, and uh, Richard, yeah. um, the other guy from Oingo Boingo. Richard, uh, Richard uh, Hammond. I can't think of his surname. No, no. That's, this week's quiz. Let's <laughs> hear the names of those guys from Oingo Boingo we're Rick, thinking of. Richard Kimball. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Richard Kimball. The, the point is you can you can keep writing soundtracks when you're, you know, old and grey and fat and, and you can't be a pop star anymore. And tell that to Kiss. Not, uh, not that we're, we were ever pop stars, but... <laughs> I'm certainly going to be old and grey and fat before, long before I'm um, <laughs> David a pop and star. David and were actually the Blakeney twins. We, we've not been willing to reveal that until now. Don't tell anyone. What will we be doing in the 80s? The, uh, <laughs> Richard Gibbs was uh, also from Ongo Borgo. Uh, and so, so what's Richard Gibbs done? Oh, heaps. Right. Anyway. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> You're so full of information. Brett, full of information. Uh, now, guys, you... Uh, you're going to stick around to uh, talk about Survivors with us because you've you've seen it as well, and uh, it's very rare that we've had guests in who have actually seen television. So, uh, yeah. so the, the we're just as geeky as you guys. <laughs> so Excellent. the website is, uh, uh, yeah. Where, where can people find out uh, oh, more about uh, Destination Moon? And, Destination uh, Moon, uh, destinationmoonband dot com. All one word, no hyphens. That's right. DestinationMoonBand.com. Dot com. Full of all your gig listings and... Uh, yeah, sort of yeah. Um, we, we've, it's been a little while since we did a gig, but you can watch the live video. And you've got a CD out, I believe it's Powwow... We have a CD that's called Powwow 4. Um, it's part of the Powwow series that Feral Media put is it, out. Is it the fourth? In it, the it was the fourth in the series. It's oh, in JB Hi-Fi Melbourne, if anyone listening is actually in Melbourne. It is in the JB Hi-Fi store on Burke Street, um, under Pow Wow, in the alternative <laughs> section. And uh, if, if people do see you live, do you play the, the news themes live? No. Right. <laughs> Our music sounds nothing like news themes. <laughs> When, when we're just making music for ourselves. Well, uh, David Ashen and Demaris Baker, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters, and please stick around to talk about Survivors. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. And we're talking about Survivors, uh, a show on the BBC that has just finished its 
first season. Oh, no, I, I believe, actually, episode six is being shown on December 23rd. So there's, ah. there's still... Oh, so there's still, know, still, still, like still a, a Christmas special without being Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, what says Christmas more than everyone being dead? Yeah. yeah so um, episode five... We, we don't know. It isn't a Christmas special. It may... It may actually that's be. True. That's true. That's true. We already had a uh, Peter's birthday special. The uh, uh, the Survivors is based on a nineteen uh, seventies Terry Nation nine seventy five series Terry Nation, who you may know uh, invented the Daleks and Blake Seven, which is an interesting thing to have in your resume. Um, and it ran for three seasons, 1975 through seventy seven. It was quite big at the time, although weirdly no one seems to kind of remember it now. It seems to have. Vanished from the collective consciousness to a degree. Yeah, well, uh, th- those of us who lived in in city, who grew up in cities that had uh, more than one television station, uh, may not have. <laughs> Are you have mocking seen it. me? I think you're mocking. Yeah, me. Yeah, I'm mocking you. Yeah. Just, just, a, just a little. I bit, grew John. up in the country as a kid. I loved this show, and it just terrified the bejeebies out of me. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So I was so looking forward to seeing the remake. And Josh. it's a it, it's a story that we know. Uh, you know, we, we've seen. A number of apocalyptic uh, stories like this where something terrible happens, almost everyone dies, and a a few people survive, and they have to try to make good. Hence, survivors. And uh, and in this scenario, there is a horrible flu. A horrible kind of flu happens, and people... A virus of some sort. Not necessarily. Well, no, they think it's the flu. They they talk about it being the flu when... uh, when it starts, they talk about the flu. We don't know it's a man-made virus at that stage. We don't. That's very true. And uh, I hor- do apologise yes. for having, you know, suggested we might. Yeah, no. Nah. Horrible but flu. It's, it's still not certain. But yeah, okay. Anyway, there's, there's a flu. So, some, kind of, some kind of horrible flu and, uh, and, then, and people start dying. And, uh, and they're dying off uh, occasionally, you know, a, a few every day. And then it escalates and then it escalates and then... Suddenly, one day overnight, everyone dies. Is the way it's is portrayed in in this version of the of the well, series. Ninety nine percent of the population dies. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the population dies, and uh, and then the rest kind of wander the streets for a while, not knowing what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, I must be you're not you're not really selling it. Um, <laughs> it, it well, neither neither did they, John. This is, is look, the, this is this is the thing. I, I should I should go back a bit. I mean. Um, I did, after watching the pilot, and I think you guys have seen this, I did go and write a one and a half thousand word essay slash rant on my website about how much I absolutely loathed it. Um, which now that I've got that on my system, I'm going, oh, you know, that's all right. But um, the, first, the first episode is bad. Is, is really, really it's, bad. It's so long and drawn out and most of it could be cut. You could tell the story with most of that being cut. I, I, was well, I, I disagree. I've I, I got to say, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I don't think it was perfect, and I, and I, I think it was a bit, um, a bit lightweight, um, which I think most British TV nowadays is lightweight compared with the 70s. I haven't seen the original, but um, I can imagine, you know, it would, probably had a much grimmer tone. Um, well, actually, but actually, but I, I, didn't, I, I found the, um, the, the pacing and the, the depiction of, of how the flu... You know, starts off as this thing. It's just, oh, isn't it funny? Everyone's getting this flu, and then and then it becomes, oh, oh my god, everyone's getting this flu, and then it becomes, oh my god, people are dying, mm-hmm. and then it becomes, oh my god, everybody's dead. I, I thought that was actually fairly well paced over the episode, and in, I, I in, didn't get bored. In the original, it, it's um, Abby Grant is this lead character in both series, and in the original, it's kind of really only told from her perspective. It's kept at ground level, and so 
I'm slightly annoyed that the, the remake has like a government minister in it, and there's lots of sort of BB News, BBC News Twenty Four, um, you know, uh, news updates and stuff throughout the thing, and and I found that actually removed some of the the kind of I, I thought. You question more everyone dying overnight in this version because you're seeing so much. So you, you're seeing because the, it's it's. There's uh, also a caption that Abby actually comes out of her her. You know, she she is the only person who recovers from the virus, and that's yes. actually three days later or something. It does say in a caption, you know, seventy two hours later or something like that. But so, the uh, but the the uh, Muslim boy kind of goes to to. Uh, oh yeah, and he, everyone just he, he dies goes to the mosque in a and, mosque uh, overnight. That is kind of weird. Yeah, and that's and everyone just dies suddenly. And he just goes, and he just kind of sits up and go like, it, it was almost like they all died mid prayer, mm. and uh, and he gets up off his knees and goes, oh well, everyone's uh, everyone's dead. I'm just going to go and kick a soccer ball up against a wall. It, it is, it is. I find it kind of weird that I'm not sure what the show's meant to be. I think we were saying that like, it's almost since like, all English shows become soap operas in a way now. They've all become, and so the show seems most interested about you know. Um, Will Abby get it on with with uh, I'm trying the, to the crim- name. criminal man uh, Greg? No, it's like Greg. Greg. Oh, Will Abby Greg. and Greg get together? And it's like the world's ended, people, isn't yeah. there? Are there bigger the, issues? And this is this is the thing. There's enough drama in the concept, and uh, that we don't need all this added drama. And I think nothing illustrates that point more than the two samples that you've. Oh, prepared I've for read us. a couple because what I thought was interesting was we were talking about how. Um, uh, this series actually in some ways shows what's happened to English television as well in, in 30 years. And, and I'm going to use the B word again. Um, if we look at Battlestar Galactica, which Woo! is about the same time, you know, we see the Americans have gone from making really shallow kind of, um, you know, sort of shallow and, and quite, uh, you know, very lightweight character kind of, you know, runarounds into making these incredibly damp, dense things about a lot of moral ambiguity. The English seem to have gone the other way. So they've gone from making... They've taken really highly political... Uh, and, and, and sort of dark decisions. I, I don't know what's going to come up in, in this series of Fivers, but in, in the original series, there was an episode in which basically someone gets punished for, for a really horrendous thing, which they did not do. The person who did do it has to stay in the group because you know, there's a thing about below a certain level, the group will not survive. And it's this terrible thing of you know, terrible decisions are made for the best kind of reasons, but... You know, and and that coming from a, a pre-Thatcherite Britain has a, a huge bearing on what was yeah, happening whereas, in the country at, at, the, at the time. Whereas, whereas now it's like, oh, does Greg love Abby? I don't know. You know, and I, I just find that gets kind of frustrating. But I've brought these two clips in. This is there's a pivotal scene in the original series uh, where Abby has woken up and she's wandering around the village she lives in to see if um, yeah if anyone's still around. And uh, and I just wanted to show these two clips. Now, the one that's marked their survivors, 1975. Yep. Um, it's going to be quite quiet. Most of you hear tape hiss, so I'll just warn you. That, um, this is oh, basically and there's and there's, uh, and there's birds chirping. And yeah, so basically, this is Abby. She's wandering around. She goes into a church to see if anyone's still alive and comes out again. Um, it's about thirty seconds long, so let's just hear this. So we just we've just cut off the end uh, of one and gone into the other, unfortunately. But anyway, the line there is, 
Oh God, God please, please don't, don't let, let me be, be the, the only one. one. And it's a really it's said like that with two people doing it. It is double tracked. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. But it's it's, it's quite a, a poignant. And the whole thing is Abby's in shock. It's this empty village. Now you were talking about um, uh, uh, trying to find yeah drama. There's, there is natural drama in that situation. Yeah. She walks into a church and everyone's dead. So. That's it. There she is. So now let's let's hear the the same equivalent from two thousand and eight. The same scene. It's a little bit. You, you'll probably it's a subtle, but you'll be able to pick it up. So let's hear. Continues in this thing for the, for but, but I, the I, I can picture um, the, I can picture the, the, the producer going we've brought real emotion into it because what people want nowadays is real emotion and real drama which, which always translates as, as people crying real yes. acting yes. with real horns <laughs> and uh, people crying on big music and then not get- that there's anything wrong with using lots of music in TV. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is we, we could do that if you want. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's this thing of everything in the series seems to be overstating. And it was funny looking back at the original, which is sort of this stoic kind of shock is the element most at play. And these people trying to, to learn to live in a, in a world without anything. Even the birds are overacting. Even the birds are overacting. <laughs> it is. I, I, this, this is the only thing I've ever watched where I wanted to hit the Foley guard. Like, I was getting really angry at the sound effects, going, I'm just annoyed how loud everything is. It's just, yeah. And, I, and yet, we're saying at the same time, I don't get the feeling that they're living without anything. Um, in one of the episodes I mentioned before, there's a scene where Abby goes driving in her four-wheel drive while listening to Massive Attack. And the implication is that the world hasn't changed for her at all. And and another thing is they've they've... Filmed it or, or post-produced it in a way where they they've turned all the colours up and everything looks everything looks all bright and shiny and yes. it looks like they're on a great holiday it, in the country. It feels like long weekend the series, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Or, or just turning into you know the big chill bunch of friends get together <laughs> in a big house in a big yeah, house yeah, and that's yeah. and that's it. And and it. We haven't mentioned a, a very important uh, part of Abby's story, which is uh, her son Peter has been uh, away on camp while her and her husband were uh, overseas and uh, and they come back and he's still uh, it's it's like a kayaking camp or something I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what they do in England uh, but yeah so, some kind of kayaking Hunting. camp and uh, and so he's away when the flu hits and so Abby she, doesn't know if he's alive or dead yes and she gets a gone. phone call from him when he's quite sick and uh, and again that in itself should be enough but, drama. Well, this is the interesting thing. Is, again, that storyline's from the original series, you know, with Abby looking for her son. But except for this one, you know, Abby's son has had leukemia! And it's like, there is absolutely no reason to add <laughs> leukemia into that kid's storyline. He doesn't it's, need... It's adding in real emotion and real <laughs> drama. Well, this thing, and I kept thinking, because, you know, in screenwriting, you, you, you hear a lot of these, there's a certain buzzwords, and one of them that always, always, always irritates me is the whole thing about raising stakes. You know, how can we raise the stakes? And people are always asking that in meetings. How can we raise the stakes? They're on fire. You know, but, um, <laughs> and, and, and it just feels to me like this is a whole bunch of producer buzzwords where they've gone, well, you know, yeah, I mean, sure, everyone's dead and she's lost her son, but what if he had leukemia? <laughs> you know? Well, because there are, only, there are only two things that can come, for, and, and this is what they don't seem to realise, there are only two things that can come from him 
having recently had and recovered from leukaemia. One is that his body was way too weak, his T-cell count was still way too low, and he dies, right? Which is expected. Or, he doesn't die, it's a miracle, and no one buys it. Well, I mean, you could argue that being Abby's son, he might have the same thing that makes her immune... Or, mm. or perhaps recently having had leukemia is the whole key to the, the cure or something, the, the oh, vaccine. Which I should mention too, we get these scenes occasionally of people in labs. And maybe it's just me, but every time the people in labs appeared, I went, oh God, another people in labs story. <laughs> in the original one, was was it all a conspiracy? That, no, that- well, it's interesting because uh, we talked ages ago about theme tunes that were too good for the shows they were from. And Survivors, I used as an example of a show that actually was quite good, but the, 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 the theme and, and the opening credits in the original amazing. And... Um, the opening credits sequence involves as a, an Asian scientist, and the first shot is him accidentally dropping a flask. That's the shot, and basically the same as Milton the monster. Very similar, yeah. and um, and then there's shots of him like going to airports and these you know stamps being hit on passports. And the idea is basically that, that he this has is, spread, he was he was patient zero. He's basically his, patient zero. He's just it's just a, a slip up, yeah, you know, complete accident in some sort of. It's object. like twelve monkeys. Yes, yeah, actually quite a lot like twelve monkeys, and, and it's such a great thing to go. It's a complete accident. There is no storyline involving the virus. You know, the virus is basically a fluke accident, happens, kills everyone. And then the rest of the series is about survival. Like the, the extreme wide shots of, of the planet uh, with that, that green mist in the middle of oh. maybe the Mediterranean? It's completely unnecessary. Is that actually supposed to be the, the virus no, spreading I, I around? Think you, you know what's funny is, is in episode four, suddenly the, 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 those guys in the bunkers aren't in it. In episode four, so you and they, they, oh. in episode three, they build they build it up more, so they don't just suddenly appear at the end. They're sort of they have little scenes with them throughout the episode, and you think it's going to build up to them being more important. But then in episode four, they're not there at all. It's also Pretty a weird, weird thing. Patterson Joseph, who you know, fingers crossed, is probably going to be the next Doctor Who. Um, seems to be on the money at the moment for for um, who plays Greg. He's he's got this weird non character, and I feel really mm. bad for the actor because. And the weird thing is, I was looking at the BBC's website for Survivors, and it gives this entire backstory to him, which there's been never any indication of any of that on screen. It just seemed odd to have a a website claiming... Because Greg goes from being uh, entirely mysterious to just being entirely benign. Uh, within the space of an episode, but we still know nothing about him. Like we've never been told anything. But we, but we don't care anymore. No, I think that's yeah, the, no, no. it's you not know, portrayed as a mystery or anything. Is at it? the mm-hmm. at the start where he was just going, no, I just want to be alone. I just want to be alone, and he seems to have given that up. And there, there was that bit where he goes into the supermarket and starts hunting around the desk in the office. And I think getting the paperwork out. Of and the back. and I thought he was looking for. Uh, something that was part of his journey. Uh, but no, it just turns out he was looking for some kind of consignment note to, to find, find out where the warehouse was. Yes. It's like all the mystery has been taken out of Greg within one episode. No, even though that happened, I, I still couldn't help but think of Jericho and uh, the, the, the essentially token black character in, in Jericho town. Oh, who had the suspicious hey, backstory. Yes. He seemed to be connected to the government somehow. Yes. It's funny how it's more like Jericho than it is actually like the series it's based on in some ways, which is kind of funny that you can... Well, it, it is. It's, it's more like Jericho and more like The Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, The Stand, which I read recently, the, the Stephen King book, uh, the first 250 pages of, of that, I would just throw in the bin. The, <laughs> you know, I, I think there's, a, there's a, an opportunity with, uh, with an apocalyptic, most of the world is dead scenario 
to just start the story with everyone's dead, what are you going to do? Well, and that's effectively what, yeah, the first episode of, of, of the 70s one, the, the credit sets up the, the premise. It takes half an episode, you know, so about 20 minutes to kind of kill everyone off. But I like the fact that I would have thought in this day and age that the show should be about guilt and, and also about sort of consumerism to a degree. How, how do we live without all this stuff that we, we're so used to? Which, again, is, is part of Greg's character in the first episode and then disappears, But sort of disappears. Now, Damaris, you've been quiet. I want you to tell us why we're all wrong. Because you love it. Uh, you was, love you, it. You're going to marry it. You, 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 oh, <laughs> you hug copies of it when you go to sleep. Now, now I, just before we get into oh, the Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's one, Brett. No, 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 no I, yes. I just want yeah. to point out that I don't absolutely hate it. I, I definitely don't hate it as much as you guys seem to. <laughs> I, I, have to say, I have to say I don't. But apparently I like everything. So. Yeah, you do. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I just see what it could have been, and I find it really, really disappointing. Mm-hmm. The second and third episodes are much better than the first episode. Pilot. But Law of Threes. Damaris loves it and uh, and and <laughs> sometimes licks photos of it. Um, <clears throat> so, in my own words, um, <laughs> I found the female characters interesting. They were quite strong. They had their own ideas of things. You had female characters that were quite. Um, uh, happy to lead people, be in positions of responsibility, um, take initiative, move forward, tell people to get their act together and, uh, you know, hold groups together. I know women traditionally may do that, but the women are quite strong and uh, I found that interesting. Um, It's it's strange you should say that because that's exactly how I found Sons of Anarchy last week. Oh, okay, which we, which we, we disagreed about. It is true that the, the women are all the protagonists in this series, but I'm, I found Abby just kind of sketchy. So what did you, what did you take from Abby? Um, I felt like she was being pulled between her desire to find her son and her loyalty to the other characters to try and hold things together and build a sense of community. So she was definitely trying to stop people shooting each other, which was a tendency for many of the male characters who felt a tad insecure and would reach for their gun. Um, Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've all got our guns there, here in the studio, haven't we? There is only one um, gun, though, in the whole series. There seems to be this implication that the UK only has one gun left and it's, it's owned by those guys. <laughs> Um, well, there is, but there is that whole thing about how you how you deal with, um, um, you know, sharing resources or not sharing resources. Do people get reduced to being animals, or is, is it fighting, or is there any possibility of sharing things? Like, I actually was interested in the political view of what a community of people does if they're trying to actually uh, share things and not just fight like animals. So I sort of approached it from the. Uh, would anarchy work? Uh, what what would British people do if the the law fell down and they didn't have to be so polite to each other anymore? And, and <laughs> so you know, I was looking at it from a cultural a cultural agenda, a political perspective as to what those questions were. And I was quite driven by the 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 guy who'd sort of come out of prison as to whether he could create a new personality or whether his criminal element was inherent in his personality or whether he could actually become something new. So it was sort of the idea of the potential of people to change and renew themselves or whether there was a reduction to animal thing, I, elements I, I, I agree stuff. with you entirely about all these, these themes. I'm just not convinced the show... Has Car- carries them on. Well, has explored any of them to do any degree. Do you think that it's actually been, been well? I, I agree with you that the it doesn't take into account the idea of questioning capitalism and consumerism. But like, who does? I mean, 
it's not it's not television's job to question people's uh, people consuming things. It's too big and too difficult a question for almost anyone to take on. Oh, for me though, it's just more things like I, I kind of expect people to to go and do things, you know, to check to check their phones for messages messages or, or to to try and log on to the internet and then suddenly go, oh, actually, we can't do this anymore. But can I feel we? like this- the show is consciously not taking it on because it's too hard. But and it's and this is the thing. I I actually I disagree with you. I think television is in a perfect position because you can do long story format because you can explore themes in uh, in a much more in depth way than you can in a two hour film. Uh, that you can television is those- not inherently subversive. It's inherently supports the status quo. Television is no. not an anarchist. No, television has television has the possibility of of becoming that of telling stories that way and if you look at uh, going back to what John said at the at the start of this segment if you look at the way English television has gone recently and the way American television has gone recently American television has gotten increasingly subversive American television has had shows like Deadwood but and the subversive, Sopranos subversive in what way because to me subversive to American culture is questioning individualism consumerism and picking up a gun and solving the world's problems by a single person being a superhero right so and, and these, and to, these shows, to be like a hippie commune that actually rejects consumerism, like that would be subversive to American individualist consumer force-based and culture. These, and these shows do that. These shows question those values of of America. And De- Deadwood especially really questions the, those values of greed and force through uh, guns and uh, and and uh, manipulation of uh, of the weak, the poor, the immigrants. Shows like that do that. There is the possibility there with television. And I think, I, I really think BBC have dropped the ball on this one because there is a, a perfect opportunity to to do that. I mean, if we don't do that through television, through the medium that uh, that is as uh, open to a, a large audience as anything else... Then, uh, then where is it? I mean, they they have a duty. I, I think. I thought to- it was interesting in, in in Survivors episode three is the one where um, uh, the the character we've seen in the very first episode who's the, the the junior health minister who ends up being sort of forced into this position of power. It turns out she's been running a group in an eco centre. Um, and I, I found their story so much more interesting than all the characters we were watching yes. up to that point. And going, why haven't we been following her? And we were saying before because there's a, she has to make a decision in this episode. We won't have any spoilers, but it, it's quite an extreme moment. It's the one moment in the in the whole thing that kind of did surprise me and, and shock me. And I actually found myself thinking that she'd made a decision she had to make to keep civilization intact. But Damaris before was saying that you thought she actually had just made like a, a bureaucrat decision to keep her in power. Well, there was a scene where she looked very anxious and there was a sense of people pulling away from her as the main decision maker. And she saw herself as the, the last remnants of what could be a government. And so she had to do something very strong and forceful to reinforce her power in the situation. But I was just sort of commenting on the strategy. She mm-hmm. had to reinforce her power. And she and she chose to do it in a very forceful but way. But then, but then the show moves away from that. The show it's funny that, uses that, that as yeah, an that's, opportunity. That's what we should have been well, watching yes. and discussing. And then the, the whole show time. really just uses that whole scenario as an op- 
opportunity for Abby to give another one of her boring, come on, everybody, let's just be friends speeches. I did well, think- women aren't supposed to do things like that. The, the, well, the, I, comment, the thing that she did was actually quite extreme. But for- Abby, I thought Abby gets a bit of a moral cop-out because she gets to give the big speech about, oh, look at you, nasty people. And you're going, but Abby, you've done nothing. You've been sitting around in some enormous house just drinking endless cups of tea for the last three episodes. You know, it's like... Also, did Abby hate her husband or what? Because like she's, she's, yeah, she's just like, oh, my husband's dead, but uh, hey. <laughs> I set his body on fire in our backyard, but apart from that, how have you been? Yeah, no, there doesn't seem to be, Abby seems to have no actual response to, to that's That's true of all characters, really. That oh, other, none did. of them mm. kind of really... I think it's because Abby's the other one whose husband we've seen, I guess, so that's the... Well, no, yeah. we, we saw that uh, young boy's father... And he's just quite nonchalant about the the whole thing being being left alone. for it's a ten year old boy it, to just be left too, alone. The ten year old boy is supposed to be going to find his cousins in in uh, Bradford or somewhere like that, which presumably is is kind of a match for Abby finding her son. Except mm. that he has no interest in doing that. It's yeah, like yeah. yeah, the series has gone. Oh, yeah. And then why why mention it in the first place if you're just going to drop it like that? Yeah, and, and the it, show it comes the show bit, is it's sloppy writing. The show is full of things like that, yeah. and I I've just I think that's it, Brett. I'm not. I don't hate it. I'm just really disappointed with it because I see the the building blocks of what could have been a really great show and uh, and something that really pushed UK television to to another level or or in fact, you know what, just continued the work that they did pre-1980s. It's kind of odd I think to have a, an end of the world drama which has no subtext. You know, like like it's not about anything to some degree. I think, you know, it's like it, it's not exploring our reaction to anything. It's just there. Yeah, and, and I really think that, like, the last English show that did anything like that was House of Cards, that did any kind of uh, uh, questioning the, the way that we live our lives and, uh, and, and questioning the, the way that the world was going. And this has perfect opportunity to do it, and, and it just doesn't. But there are people who like it, clearly. David, you didn't... Uh, you, you you didn't uh, dislike I, it as I, I, no I didn't dislike it but I, I don't I haven't seen the original I, I didn't have high expectations and um, yeah I mean but but you're absolutely right that that there's nothing as good as what you had you know in the heyday of British TV I mean I think of things like um, um, Age of Darkness and and the Singing Detective you know mm. which, which for me are the the sort of peak of British TV. Um, it, it is a lot like it, British TV died with Dennis away. Potter. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Um, it, it is funny how shallow it, it's yeah. it's become. But, but even kind of Prime Suspect, you know, was was a lot grittier. I mean, that's and more cracker. recent thing. Cracker, yeah. But the, but they, also they were cop dramas. They it's a lot dramas, easier to yeah, do that yeah. with cop dramas. But even cop dramas now, you know, are, are not. I mean, you think of Hustle or something, you know, it's. it's Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not quite a cop drama, but even like like Mind Up was was gritty and grim compared with Spooks, for example, which yeah. is yeah. quite well, glossy. And well, I don't think Mind Up was grimmer with, than Spooks, but but with with Hustle, I was thinking, you know, yeah, those yeah. kinds of. It things. was. Did you see Arthur Daly's teeth? That's pretty grim. grim. It's pretty grim. Grim. Yeah. That's uh, Survivors. It's on the BBC. It finishes uh, the first season. Finishes on December twenty third. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> it's the end of the world. Okay. Question three. Which can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box. John, you've never actually answered that question. Do you know? Is it the Suez Canal? Yes. 
I feel I feel pleased. That got a bit feisty in the studio, didn't it? It's not as feisty though. It, it was it good. It is nice. I, I I really I really enjoyed that. It's uh, good. It was, uh, was a great conversation uh, about su- survivors, and uh, thanks very much to David and Damaris for for coming in and, and sticking around for that. Because mm. uh, it, it is, as I said, rare for our guests to have actually seen television that we're talking about, or be female. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That is also correct. This is the Box Cutters Quiz where you can win yourself a crumpler bag. It's a delightful sky blue. Sky blue, baby blue. Sky baby blue. It's like a baby sky blue. Also, if you it's w- the hoax messenger bag. If you win this, it's exactly the same as mine. So you can it, you it can is. walk through life happy knowing that that it's exactly like one of the box actually, cutters' if, actual bags. If you're following along with the uh, on the crumpler it's, website, it's the light blue, light orange hoax. Ah, uh, and it's uh, it's it's uh, got the uh, the barcode number nine three 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 one three seven zero four. Six six seven. But of course, our, our video podcast. Uh, they can, they can see already it. knew that. I also point out it's no a, video it is a lovely, it's lovely excellent bag. since it's been in high definition. You, <laughs> can, you can read things like barcodes. No it's a gorgeous bag, podcast. but don't put frozen lamb shanks in the inner pocket. It's not as waterproof as you think. <laughs> really? <laughs> just a word to the wise. <laughs> were they were they in a bag like in they, a plastic they, bag? They, or was they, it just... they were originally. Um, there was an incident, and when I got to work, I discovered my entire bag was full of lamb shanks. So that was you know, not, oh. not what I'd hoped the, for. Um, mm. Marinade? Yeah, sauce, gravy. gravy. Mm, yum. You should have <laughs> maybe put them in a plastic bag. They were in a plastic the- bag, but even that went wrong. <laughs> just, it all just, broke down. Don't, don't put marinade in lamb shanks Don't, don't your whack bag. your lamb shanks directly in your bag. What, about, foolish. But, what about roast chickens? But the outside was perfect. So we've discovered it actually will hold water. So if you're trapped in a post-apocalyptic world and you do need to carry water, you will be able to use this bag. Well, Justin Hamilton uh, said it will also repel... Uh, the, child's the pee. Child's pee. Uh, six-year-old child's pee. So mm, Useful. It's v- very useful. Very useful. Mm. That's the uh, the crumpler bag. That's what you can win if you correctly answer the following question, which is it's name that audio. name that theme tune. We love these ones. Name that theme tune in going with the uh, the the news themeiness. Oh, you want to give away a clue already? Our guests, yeah. Well, right. it's, it's it's pretty clear from it's, it's from quite clear that it's it, newsy that it's a newsy theme. Okay. I'm Sandra Sully. Oh, whoops, I've given it away. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Now we know that John is Sandra Sully. <laughs> I, it's been my, my, my dreadful secret. I've hidden oh, all these years. Oh, no. Your Sullied reputation. My double life. <laughs> the, uh, so, if you can name that theme, should we play it one more time? Should we? Or should we just let them uh, rewind? <laughs> now, let's yeah, do they it. can, you know. It's a, they, can, they can just go back. Oh, how does that work? It, it's like a recording. It just sits there online. And you can actually drag the thing on the iTunes back. And, uh, so it's, oh, no, hang on. The music's playing. So it's, it's, like, it's like lifting the... Uh, the stylus. Lifting the stylus and, and moving back. It back in the groove. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and you keep the turntable spinning. Yes. So make sure you keep your turntable spinning when, <laughs> when you're listening to back. iTunes. Yeah. If you can tell us what that is the theme tune to... Then please do send us an email to hooray at boxcutters.net. Because we'd love to know. We, we would love to. We have yeah, no we idea. Just, we, just we just found it randomly on YouTube. We found no it in the, in the street. And, uh, uh, yes, we, we'd, uh, we'd love to know. We'd love to know your answer. What is that theme tune? Hooray at boxcutters.net. Please send your answers by 
4 p.m. next Tuesday, the 23rd. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Josh, du- you've, <laughs> Josh you've just alluded to uh, the first bit of pork, which is uh, a bit of housekeeping. Next week, we won't be up online on Monday nights. It'll be Tuesday nights because we've got a great big Christmas party it's to go big, to. A uh, big triple R Christmas party. Mm. Uh, and everyone, that's us, are, are invited. Yes. I don't know about anyone is else. Is it just me? Or did this show go weird? This yeah. whole show's just felt Wait. a bit like, you know, just everybody, a little unhinged. You know, like when you, you nude on a houseboat in Amsterdam jungling kittens and you suddenly go, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to hold it together. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> it's very, very difficult though, John. <laughs> very difficult. Oh. As there isn't enough string in the world to hold this show together. <laughs> hey. I, I want to say, what? what? Oh, God. I was, I was just about to segue, but uh, go for it. I, well, you know, I didn't I th- mean to interrupt you. I didn't know that you were going I to launch started, into something. Go I on. started with a segue. <laughs> I wanted to say that uh, the uh, ABC, ABC One are showing a series that has already been shown on ABC Two and also the Biography Channel, uh, if you're one of the eight people in Australia who gets that channel. It's called Iconoclasts, and last week they had uh, Isabella Rossellini meeting the guy who invented the segue. And uh, and it's basically two people, two famous people coming together and learning a little bit about each other. Mm-hmm. That's the segue, the thing you ride on, that you stand on, not not the moving no. from one topic to another seamlessly. He didn't invent that. No, no. In fact, it's spelt differently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week... Uh, I, I, I thought that that was just the way they spelt it over there in America because they don't know any better. It could it's be. a bit too French for them. It's a bit like Freedom Fries, you know? Well, interestingly, I went to a... Uh, a, a Lecture by Dove Simmons, who is this kind of uh, guru of uh, how to make films really cheaply, right. and uh, and he wrote Segway on his whiteboard and spelt it S E G W A Y. And I wanted to go up to him afterwards and go, uh, "Dude, that's wrong." <laughs> but uh, but then went, ah, I can't actually spend any more time with this man, and <laughs> and left Iconoclasts this week on Tuesday night at 10.35 on ABC One is uh, Paul Simon and Lorne Michaels, who I believe are old friends, uh, Paul Simon uh, being uh, one of the first guest hosts of Saturday Night Live, and not the first, but one of the first. And uh, next week, which I think will be really, really fascinating at 10.35 on Tuesday the 23rd, Dave Chappelle and Maya Angelou. Hey. Uh, that's a that's a great combination. It's the uh, Iconoclasts documentary series. So check that out on ABC. I'll be talking about Slurpees. Sure, uh, my Angelou loves Slurpees. <laughs> she just can't stop. I know. I TV's know. It's always po- poems about Slurpees. Do you know? Apparently, ninety percent of all her books have to be thrown out because they're all about Slurpees. Oh. Like the, the publishers have to keep going. Maya, my, my, we can't publish any more poems about Slurpees. And she's the um, poet laureate. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. But I really like Slurpees. TV's <laughs> beloved nanny, not the super nanny, but the original nanny, Fran Drescher, has. Uh, 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 uh. I think you'll find oh, the original nanny was the nanny and the professor. Oh, I don't know. 
Christ, the nanny. But this is the, the eponymous the nanny, though. Uh, as opposed to nanny and professor. Because she's got an and the professor on there. Ah, uh, so she's semi eponymous. That's more of a title, isn't it? Fran Drescher, who also uh, appeared in Saturday Night Fever, um, has thrown her hat into the ring in the race for uh, the US Senate seats being left vacant by Hillary Clinton as she takes up the vice presidential position. Oh, that's no. weird. No, what? That's, that's weird. Sorry, the Secretary what? of State position. You're, yeah, you're just what? making yeah. stuff. That's just crazy. That's yeah. That's odd. I misspoke. Sorry. <laughs> um, Dresha Fifty One is best known for a starring role in nineteen nineties TV comedy The Nanny. But uh, oh, since her diagnosis with uterine cancer has become a women's health advocate. I hadn't even heard about that. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, I just I can't wait to say, Mr. President. I must <laughs> disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Do you, do you think she's going to move her mother in with her? <laughs> Yada, how would you vote on this? I think whatever happens, hilarity will ensue. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 161. I want to say thanks very much to our guests, David Ashton and Damaris Baker, who are also part of Destination Moon, a band that you can uh, find on their website, Destination Moon Music? A band. Band. Have you put the link up on the blog yet? I have not yet. The link will go up. Destination Moon Destination Moon Band. by the time you're listening to this. And uh, also thanks to Crumpler, who are our giveaway sponsors. They give us bags to give to you, the listeners. Answer the quiz by emailing your answer to hooray at boxcutters.net, which is also where you can send us emails. And uh, you can also contact us via SMS 0458CUTTER. Mm-hmm. I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. You can find them on the web at rrr.org.au. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Joe Richards. And I continue to be Brett Cropley, feeling strange that I didn't interrupt Josh during that entire outro there. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Uh, Same bat time, but different bat day, but same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.